and Lindsay Simsick. Each week, we catch up with Krista and Lindsay to hear what's happening now, what hilariousness happened then, and to ask, is it almost 30? What is up, Almost 30 Nation? Tell me how you're feeling. Put your hands in the air and wave them all around. So glad you're joining us this week. If it's your first time listening to Almost 30, welcome. High five. And if it's your millionth time, you rock. We love you. Thank you for subscribing so that we are in your inbox every week. And thank you for rating and reviewing. It helps us out so much. We love you and are so grateful. And if you haven't already, just rate and review. Take it three minutes. Do that. Okay. So this week's episode is super rad. We have on Dana Claudette, who is a feng shui expert. She is changing the game for people who need serious help with their space and might not know it. So if you're feeling a little bit stuck, maybe creatively, emotionally, really in any area of your life, it could be because your space is not properly feng shui. I hope I'm saying that right. I said it wrong in the interview 85 times. Your space is just everything, the place you live. And I think as like when I was in my 20s, I was like, yeah, it's fine. Like whatever, like my space is whatever. I just need like a like a a feather pillow and um, like a pink comforter and I'm good. But now I'm realizing space is everything when I walk into my apartment. And especially since talking to Dana and incorporating her tips and tricks, I am feeling open, inspired, like very little anxiety. It's amazing. So if you're a little skeptical, I would listen on as well. Dana's so great. She studied at Stanford University. She studied art history there and then went on to the Pyramid School of Feng Shui. Um, So she is a consultant, designs homes and lifestyles, and she basically just wants to help you design your dream life and it starts with your space. So we had so many questions for Dana. Krista and I were so curious as we're designing our own spaces here in LA. So listen on, we know you'll love this episode. Super useful, super helpful, and really inspiring. Write into us via email at almost 30 podcast at, well, I said at twice, almost 30 podcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Instagram at almost 30 podcast and join our secret Facebook group secret because it's closed. It's, um, a ton of our listeners having really awesome conversations every single day. Like I live for this group. So please join, tell your friends. Word of mouth has been just incredible to spread the word about almost 30 nation. We love you guys. Enjoy. Ah, <laughs> wait what's your ghost story situation there's, i don't think there's really i mean i believe there's all kinds of things and there mm-hmm. definitely exists i just think some people believe they have like a lot of supernatural powers to make them go away and i think mm. that that's like oh yeah yeah it's such like a, a touchy subject to me like i i don't I don't like it's kind of like I walked in and I said I just read this whole this yeah. whole sermon about arrogance and I just think there's like some people have certain gifts and mm-hmm. then some people advertise gifts that perhaps they don't have 100% you know and yeah. I think like it's like ooh <laughs> if I convince you I'm awesome enough you'll believe that I can do some supernatural stuff yeah <laughs> well it's like with the unseen if anything's unseen psychic ghost hunter whatever you can lie about it and you could say that you're doing something that you're not you know what I mean I think there's definitely like a like like predictions like people mm. who make predictions there's just by making the prediction 
there's like a psychological thing you're doing. You're saying you're you're supposedly vested with a superpower and then you're telling someone something mm-hmm. that's going to happen. That has an effect. People mm-hmm. take it on and go. I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So whether or not they have a supernatural mm-hmm. power or not, it happens. You are manifesting it by <laughs> yeah, just yeah, yeah. thinking that it's going to happen. Yeah. I mm. totally do that. I'm like, psychics told me X, Y, or Z, and then I really take it on. So I kind of don't really do that anymore. That's good. I mean, I do it's, it, but not really as much. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun sometimes when you don't know, like, you need clarity on something. Mm-hmm. It's fun to get some outside opinion. Mm-hmm. And then it's not fun when you're like, hang on. That's not what I want. Yeah, I think that's the thing is like sometimes it's not what I want. I'm like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. The mm-hmm. the whole Buddhist perspective on psychics and tarot and all of these things is that it's nothing's like intrinsically bad or wrong. It's just limited. Mm. So if the whole idea of, of enlightenment and everything is that life should be unlimited, mm-hmm. right? And we can create it. But then if someone's saying, no, you've got this lane, that's your, that's your lane. You got to stay in that lane. Mm. That's not really – Unlimited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's true. super narrow. So that wouldn't be part of the Buddhist principles, psychic? Um, no. I mean, like I said, it's not like a judgment. It's yeah, not yeah. like, ooh, so true. evil. It's just – that's fun. It's fun sometimes. Like for entertainment, I find it super fun or sometimes even for just like looking at a new perspective. But mm-hmm. then I think when it's like predictive – then it's like, oh, man, that's such a bummer. Mm-hmm. I don't get to meet another guy like that. Like, mm-hmm. I have to have this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so true. Yeah. It's like with Jenna Zoe, we had this human design reader. So she does, like, readings of the portal of to which you were born when – or, like, this co- the, the contract. The date, the time, the location. Yeah. It's like a birth chart, but not really. It's like the contract your soul made when you were born. Like what you're going to do. So it's, like, about you, but it's not about the future predictions. And it was cool because of that. There was no future mm-hmm. predictions. Yeah. It was like amazing. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. And there's definitely a lot of information and a lot of information people pick up and have different types of talents. Mm-hmm. I just think that um, it takes an enormous amount of responsibility to turn that into a business mm-hmm. and stay ethical mm-hmm. and not arrogant about it. Mm-hmm. You know what 100%. I mean? That's so true. And that's why I'm just very – and that's like my message to everyone. If it's a cool person, great. Mm-hmm. Like, But really pay attention yeah. to what you're taking, taking on. up. Mm-hmm. Totally. So just to kind of bring it back, thanks for coming. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm so Welcome happy to be here. 30. So happy to have you yeah. in the spot. So when when people ask you what do you do, how do you explain what you do? I tell people that I'm a designer that helps people change their space so that their lives can improve in ways that they want to improve them. So I help people change their space to change their life. But I also help people design. So if you wanted me to just design your house, I'd be like, great. But it's a little bit more than that because to me, it's not about imposing my vision upon someone. It's like you tell me what you want and then we work together Mm. to make a space that helps make what you want feel supported, feel like it's everywhere. The whole idea behind feng shui is that your home is a mirror of your life. So your environment is a mirror of your life. And it's funny. And in Japan, there's a saying, eshofuni, which is a similar thing. It's like the environment is a mirror of you. People have said, you've probably heard before, Mm. like the people in your life are a mirror of you. Mm -hmm. The situations around you are a mirror of what's going on inside. And so your home is like this 
and your all your environments, your office, your everything. You have an awesome office. <laughs> everything <laughs> is a mirror of you. Yeah. And so when you start changing that mirror deliberately with intention and positivity and all sorts of good stuff, then you're supported in making changes on the inside. Mm. So you could change on the inside and then be motivated to change on the outside. Or you could change on the outside and it can help support you to change on the inside. So, so Fune. Esofune. Coming in dirty rooms. Esofune. For our listeners who don't know, what is feng shui? Feng shui. Feng shui. Is, feng shui is this. Learn how to pronounce it our, first. Oh, please. Everyone says you have no idea. Shui, like all sorts of stuff. Feng shui. Um, <laughs> it's a super ancient art and science of designing space and working with energy in order to create optimal spaces within which people can thrive. It literally means wind and water. It has to do with creating balance. So over years, it was created based on survival. So people realized they would survive better if they had their houses facing a certain direction or they had – because literally you were subjected to the elements, like when the sun mm. rose, when huh. storms would come, if you had a mountain behind you, all kinds of things could protect you or could meet like – great destruction for your home or your family, like all sorts of things. So it evolved and then it got translated over many different time periods. It's kind of like different philosophies that got translated over different time periods. So a lot of people think of feng shui as compasses and all sorts of directions and people have compasses and they have rules and you'll read these tips online mm -hmm. and it's like never the bed in this corner and never facing this direction. Yeah. Right. So that's like one school of feng shui that kind of huh. evolved over time and traveled to a certain area and pro and got propagated and then came here. Uh, similarly, like there's uh, there's a whole sect that got wrapped up in black sect Buddhism, which is a form of Tibetan Buddhism, which is, forgive me for anyone who practices it, tied in with a sort of like dark forces, magic yeah. type stuff. All our Buddhist listeners. Uh, <laughs> and, oh, well, people who practice this kind of Buddhism usually get pissed when they hear this. But it's just like I'm speaking strictly from the perspective of, of like Buddhist philosophy. It's right. like not the kind of stuff that – Dark magic? Uh, yeah. Cool. And um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, so a lot of that stuff in a watered-down fashion got passed down as like the things like the strings with the crystals on them. And mm. you hear about – Qua numbers and your birthday and all these different things where where according to what year you should put certain things in your house to have mm -hmm. good luck or bad luck. And then the tools came to the Western world and then also got in some ways rejiggered so that mm -hmm. they were more acceptable because people in America or people in the Western world aren't like functioning through the same cultural lens. So mm -hmm. for them, it was like, I don't want to hear that I'm going to have bad luck if my door faces this direction. I can't mm -hmm. remodel my house. Mm -hmm. Like now I have bad luck forever because mm -hmm. of my door. And so it started becoming uh, different forms of feng shui started evolving. What I do is very much based on art, science, and some of the very most basic core principles of feng shui. So sometimes I say it's just expansive design. It's designed to help you expand your life. It is feng shui. Like it does use all of the tools. It just doesn't use a lot of the tips or methodologies that you'll find when you Google. Like sometimes mm. my clients will say, well, I heard I'm supposed to have a fish tank in this corner. And I'm like, okay, 
Yeah, <laughs> I get it. Right. You're like, sure. I went to Stanford, bitch. <laughs> well, <laughs> I that. no, and I, 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 I don't say get exasperated with them. I'm just, it's really hard when there's a lot of information that's disseminated yeah. and it creates a lot of confusion for people because it's also very contradictory. It's like, you must do this. You mm-hmm. must do that. I say if one or the other thing works for you, great. Mm-hmm. Even if it's based on something weird, if that's what feels weird to me, mm-hmm. if that's what feels good to you, go for it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I'm, I don't sit in judgment, but that's like the big picture of why feng shui tends to be so mysterious and confuse, confusing for people mm. is because there's so much different stuff. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is mysterious and laden with stuff. Uh, But what I do is very, very, very understandable. I could walk you through a house and explain to you why I'm suggesting the things I'm suggesting. I wonder what you'd say in my my APT. (laughs) (laughs) But how did you get into this? Like, this is so interesting. I got into it very randomly. Uh, The very short story is I was living my... uh, pre-Saturn return life like a very Mm -hmm. very super Hollywood was really like falling in my direction everything was going I thought really great I was like the big hustler running around town getting things done like I wanted to do all this art stuff I wanted to do all this creative creative stuff I also wanted to do all this like detox cleansing stuff and I wound Mm up pushing myself to like such an extreme limit and I didn't realize what was happening until it happened I was working like 80 hour days but accomplishing nothing like that Mm. whole time where you're like if I work really hard and just do everything something will happen Mm -hmm. and I got super 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 sick Mm. and I wound up in the hospital twice within a month a total of two weeks total so a week and a week (laughs) a week then I was home then I went back and so I didn't get a full scope of the place where I actually lived until I got home the second time and I was destroyed it was some autoimmune thing completely like tore apart my body. I'm five nine. I weighed like ninety pounds. I could barely walk, and so I had people who came to help me and take care of me. And like this whole time of my life where I was like completely surrendered. And I looked around and I was like, "Whoa, who lives here? Mm. This is like strangers' house." So feng shui was just something I was googling and found and decided I had nothing to do for months. I just had to get better, so I might as well do something. And that's when mm. I started studying it and I figured I might as well just do it like professionally not to do it professionally but to do it for my clients I was working in galleries and doing things I'll just use it somehow and I had no idea that I would be doing this at all that's so cool this is the least the last possible thing in the world I thought I would be doing did you find that like so did were there any effects when you used feng shui in your own home, like as you were getting better? It was really interesting. I started very small because I could do only small things. And I noticed with everything that I changed, the immediate effect was I felt more cause and less effect. Because I think when I was chasing luck, I was chasing opportunity, I was chasing all of these things. And when I was just at my rock bottom, I was like, okay, instead of chasing things, I'm going to build them. So I was just really slowly going through and like, let me get these drawers right. Let me get this bookshelf to look and feel good. How can I do? And then once I got a little bit more energy, I started doing things like plants and simple things. And then I started really feeling things change. And I started really feeling my awareness shift. And I start, I was like, wait a second, there's something to this. Like, I'm really understanding this is 
different. Like I feel very different. And Mm. so, yeah, it was this slow, progressive process. And I just kept feeling stronger and more cause instead of effect. And I started building stuff. And I didn't realize that what I was building was the start of like what I do now. But I, I felt like I was building a much more solid, stable, balanced life. You still in that apartment? No. No. Out of it? Yeah, I wound up leaving as soon as it was done. That really? happens a lot. Like when people are in transitions, as soon as they finish their place, they're mm. like, and now I found an awesome place and I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the whole, it comes full circle. It's like complete. Yes. So what exactly did you do? So it was in disarray. You're, so this is – I'm saying this because this is my apartment. Mm-hmm. You're, the first apartment you have is my apartment in disarray and crazy. And so what did you do to transition it to make it feel like completely great? I started with – I started learning first about the whole idea about chi flowing, like the whole idea of energy flowing. Yep. And I was like, OK, so that means that – my crazy closets, my drawers, my finances. Like now I teach a camp on feng shuiing your finances yeah. because it's like such a thing. Everything was in this state of it hasn't been looked at. It hasn't been confronted. It mm. must be a problem because <laughs> I don't want to look at it. Wow. So mm-hmm. I had to start literally like it was not in sight. It didn't look like a mess. I felt I felt so much anxiety and it was like going through – every closet, every counter. It was like a big purge. And then I could start doing things like understanding, okay, wait, if my prosperity is in this area, what does that mean to me? This is my career area. How do I want that to look? I don't really know what my career is going to be after this big life change. So I think I want to do this, this, and this. And then I remember doing things like I got some vases. I made some art. I got, I started putting things of my own into the space. And as I was moving and moving and moving through it, I realized, oh, I have stuff people gave me who I don't even speak to, who are like people I I don't even want to ever see Mm. again. Like I should probably get rid of that. Like your awareness keeps changing as you go. And by the time I left, I'd say it was like, probably like 80% the space I would want to live in. And then I was just like, I'm not going to even do this anymore. I don't want to live in a studio in Beachwood. I want to go get a place Mm -hmm. that's big and comfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Don't we all grow? (laughs) Yeah. How do you like if you have clients who have a smaller space, is there a way in which to make it feel feel bigger or just the energy flow more i mean i came from we both came from new york where our spaces were much smaller you know so and it definitely affected me you know what i mean like less light in the space or are there ways in which you can make that feel better there are so many ways i mean there's so many just purely design ways to make a space feel bigger one of the things i love it are ceilings that are painted with high gloss paints. Mm. Most landlords, I mean, some people you need to tell your landlord, but most landlords don't even know if the ceiling's painted. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> so, whatever. Yeah. But if you're in a really small space, especially if it has a fairly low ceiling, high gloss paint almost makes it feel like almost a, a mirror. mirror. Yeah, it say. really wow. makes a difference and it's super cheap. So it's very easy. It's just a little tricky to do like the giant roller over your head. Like yeah. you need one of those poles and like you really need to focus. But it's a really good one. Um, emphasizing verticals is really important because small spaces tend to make you feel smushed in from yeah. the sides. So if you feel like you have a lot of above you, like strong, like lines up. So things like long art, like long tapestries, lots of emphasizing like 
see the way I wish everyone that's listening is here. You see the way these sound things are on the wall and they uh-huh. take up the whole wall. Uh-huh. If art is like that, it also expands the perimeter of the wall. So if mm. you put your art like a gallery wall, if you anyone Googles gallery wall on Pinterest, <laughs> you'll yeah. see like a gallery wall will really make a big difference. Like especially if it's nice, light, bright, open art, lots of landscapes or Mm. abstracts with a lot of white and clear, staying away from super saturated colors because especially like for all the walls, whenever you have darker or more saturated colors in smaller spaces, it all goes like Mm. contracted. Light colors expand. They literally expand. Like it's just more expansive. So Mm. obviously no clutter. Also like... Really, really look at the scale of furniture. I know a lot of people want to preserve like their giant sofa in a small space. And as much (laughs) as that's awesome, sometimes it feels really claustrophobic. Like all I have is a couch. And so it's it's good to just look and go, if I'm going to really live and stay here, how can I make this have the most space between things? Whenever there's a little bit of room between things where things feel like they have their own place to be, Mm. it's far more energetically sound. So if we were to smush all of the furniture in here that way, it would feel really, even though we had the same amount of space, we would feel weird. And that's, that tends to be what small spaces become. They become super Uh, cramps. Okay. Wow. I love that. I'm looking to repaint my apartment. Um, so I'm going to do that. Okay. <laughs> so if that's about feng, feng shui your apartment, what would you do if you bought a new house for new house buyers? Like they don't have anything in it. Like how would they set themselves up for success? I really like people – and that's a really good question. Um, I really like people to – Find out if they can. If someone the, died in the place. The karma of the car <laughs> yeah, the karma of the place. Like why the people before oh, left. Really? Yes. Um, what happened before? Ask the neighbors if they like the people that wow. live there. Because it tends to be like I've I've just noticed it's there's some things that are more mysterious, but they tend to sort of repeat themselves. Yeah. And you can't even necessarily see it. It's like an energetic feeling type yeah. thing. And I like to just know that. Like, in fact, when I go to get a new place, it's like a nightmare because I'm like, tell me about the people who lived here before. I'm like, oh, well, they just went bankrupt and moved to New York. I'm like, and goodbye. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to take this place. Yeah. And I know how to do these things, but I'm, I'm not superhuman. And so I always am just like... Let me just find out. And whenever I have friends who have bought foreclosure properties, I'm like, okay, let's just really set this up well because Mm. or just when you go in there, just really focus on clearing out the old energy. And I think that's for everyone, no matter even if you're moving into a house with the greatest people ever lived there before. Make sure you just go in and make it your own. Clear things out. I like people to actually like touch surfaces themselves, wash down the walls, which people don't think of doing. Mm. Like a lot of stuff, like even especially in kitchens, it's super gross. If you ever wash down the walls in your kitchen, you'll be totally freaked out by it because it's like other people's food food stuff yeah oh it's like really weird blood <laughs> it's so weird um, but it's it's just like all this energetic stuff left behind i like one of the things i really like to do washing things down with a tiny tiny bit of sea salt sea salt will start to be mm. a purifier so it's really nice to kind of add mm. just a tiny bit so you don't have salt streaks everywhere to wash some stuff down so that it clears some energy out a little bit more especially your front door that's a big one. Mm. Do simple things, whether it's 
burning sage or opening some windows and just walking through each room and just appreciating it. Mm. You don't need to have a house blessing. Like I know that there are people who do these things. I think we all can bless our own spaces yeah. and and just feel for yourself if something feels off. Like most people will tell me since I moved in, it's been weird over there in that mm. room and they don't know why. So they just avoid it. And it's like you feel it. So now at least you know where to concentrate your efforts. And there are all kinds of things. I'm sure you both know about things like Palo Santo and mm-hmm. sage and burning cedar and burning all kinds of different resins. And there are tons of ways to clear space so that you can do yourself. So it's very practical to do it. And to the degree that you believe in it, it will help you. Something interesting, though, sage does on a very biochemical level change a space. It fills the air with negative ions, which create a feeling of more positivity, like after Mm. a rainstorm. Mm. So clearing space, really important. And also, I like people to just think about, and this is a big, big thing for me, think about the story of the space that you want to tell. Mm. And really set up a space with that story Mm. in mind. You don't need to know any special feng shui rules in order to do that. You can always do all, dial all that stuff in whenever you want to. Sure. I mean, it's really fun when I get to work with someone when they just start because then we have like free reign over everything. But sometimes it's more interesting when someone's lived in a space for a while because then they get their own pattern and rhythm. And then I could see how they're really interacting with this, right. the whole thing. People like certain things you wouldn't expect. Like some people like tiny little nooks to sit in and read. Some people really like wide open lofts. Some people like little tiny rooms. Mm -hmm. It's very personal how we all interact with space. I just moved into a new apartment not too long ago, and I wanted it to be like my creative sanctuary because I lived with other people beforehand before this. And so now that I'm living alone again, I just wanted it to be that. And I like put and maybe you can speak to this, like maybe the creative space in someone's apartment, like I put it facing it's almost like in the middle of the room on like a a hide my desk. Uh-huh. So it's it's not in the s- center of the room, but it's in this corner of the room in the center of that space facing the window. Can you speak to like windows and light and like where things should be facing or not facing because I, I I've heard that but I have no idea like what is right what is wrong I know it feels right to me but I don't know you just said it if it feels right to you then leave it there okay like, that's there is that's the yeah thing. is that a principle you, like the the principle in terms of desks and feng shui is that it's it's a you're supposed to have a solid wall behind you you're supposed to be facing the door you're supposed okay. to have a, a whole various different conditions met in order to have a powerful desk. But then you're not alone. I meet tons of people who like, I like looking out the window. I like the way this feels. It's like, yeah, it's like facing out and there is a window eventually like my sliding door, but it is, it feels like more freestanding. I didn't want it to be like just facing a wall kind of like in school. You know what I mean? Yeah. But Anyway, uh, it sounds like you got this is this is a really good thing. And if it's your creative sanctuary, you have the ability to move it if it ceases to be creative. So mm. you can play around with it. I I never 
I like people to see the front door if possible, but that doesn't mean you have to face it. You oh, can have okay. something that's reflective nearby. You can have a mirror on the wall that, so huh. that you can kind of see the front door. It's this whole biological principle. Like right now, you can I'm get in, out. Right now, work, right now, I'm in the out. most vulnerable place in this room because True. my back is right to the door. So if someone were to come in, huh. I wouldn't know what was happening. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm cool with it. I'm like, it's fine. But I always have to sleep away from the door. Yeah. So if there's like, I'm away from the door. Like my person has to sleep closer to the door. I have to sleep away. Or if I'm in like a hotel room, I have to sleep in the bed that's further away from the door. Interesting. Mm, ghosts. Interesting. Mm-hmm. They walk in the door. If they, if they come in, you're far away from them. Far away from them. People have... Um, People have told me different theories, and there is a theory that the person who sleeps closest to the door mm-hmm. in a relationship is the person who is the responsible one, like the more responsible. <laughs> no, when I mean more responsible, we'll say like the alpha in the relationship, and the person yeah, who's yeah. further from the door is like being protected by the I other see person. That. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And that's, and I don't think that that's um, necessarily a bad thing at all. I don't I've, think that's true for us, but I <laughs> It's a theory. That's like one. Like I said, there are a lot of different. There are a lot of different theories, and there are a lot of different things. And when people first meet me and hear what I do, they're like, "Well, if it's so easy, why can't everyone just do it themselves?" And I'm like, "They can." Yeah. Like I'm just. I do what I do. I can be really helpful, but they, you could do it totally. You, they, of course. You I can. think for me, it's like I need to just like be intentional about it like and think about it like I've never thought about decorating my apartment or anything like that like I've moved a lot so I just never really had nice furniture I never really I was just always spending money on other stuff instead of my home and now I'm kind of looking more at how I'm decorating my home and like being more intentional about my space as I get older and I'm gonna Mm. really like I'm purging next week and next week I'm I'm gonna do some purging and then like a lot of cleaning and stuff and now I have your cleaners I have Lindsay's cleaners come and they're like really thorough so I'm trying to be more thoughtful about it because I do believe in the power of it so this is like a great reminder that's awesome yeah sweet on the desk thing you touched on that how could someone at work make their desk like feng shui Mm, their desk That's awesome. That's a super good question, especially because we feel like sometimes I've had many, many jobs before I did this professionally. Yeah. Um, And depending on what you do and who you are, sometimes you don't even have your own real office. Even if you're an executive, you don't necessarily have a real office anymore. It's like shared workspaces. And one of the things that I find really helpful is to not in a, a mean way, but to really kind of delineate your space so that you're not just kind of like looming. It creates a floating sensibility that a lot of people with shared workspaces or big cubicles, it's like everything's homogenized. One thing blends Mm -hmm. into the other. There's no sense of your place. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a real sense of place, how committed could you possibly be to what you're doing? Mm Because you're kind of like not even... really there Mm -hmm. and you see it in the attitude of people as well so I always tell people who are in offices to get in and really like and and you can do it in a a very simple way you could just kind of put things in the corners of what would be your space or if you have a cubicle you could really just look at it as like its own room even though it's open to the public and you can start setting things up so that 
you're at home, and as mm. weird as that is. And I've always noticed that whenever I go into an office, whenever I've worked in an office, it's the person or persons. Usually it's like one or two people in a large office mm-hmm. that'll bring in plants mm-hmm. and put, you know, and, and put like a, a special mug on their desk and like maybe mm-hmm. do a few special things with art or posters. Those are usually the people who are like the most creatively awesome and tend to just be unfazed by the stress around them and sure. then other people are like oh we're all at the effect of what x y and z person says yeah. so creating your own space is very important and you could do those simple things like bring in plants if you can you can bring crystals you can even crystal grid your desk like you could Love put that. four yeah. crystals on the bottom of your desk i mean it's kind of you have to kind of tape them in mm-hmm. this because otherwise when people come in to clean, they'll probably like vacuum up yeah. or take away your crystals. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you could totally do it. Yeah. You can. Um, there are lots of ways to I, – I have people do space clearing like salt, like leaving a salt bowl out on their desk over the weekend so they come into a fresh space. Uh, little things mm-hmm. that can help you to feel – love that more powerful and then like I mentioned to you if you're positioned so that your back is to a door or mm-hmm. that people can just creep up on you which is the worst feeling mm-hmm. when you're in like a so an open office situation and you're like oh my god were you just reading what I was writing to someone like yeah. you don't even know what's going on yeah. <laughs> there's no privacy at all in those situations I really love people to have something reflective like mirror mirror something back. So that you have it in front of you, even behind your computer, so that you know what's coming. Right. Mm. That's crazy. Okay. I love that. And it's weird for me. For me, with my desk space at work, it's like if I put a plant, I'm making a commitment that I'm going to be here for a while, which is like a weird thing. It's like a weird Mm. energetic thing. So I like don't have shit at my desk. But I'm like – because I feel like if I put the energy to put things at my desk, I'm committing to being at this desk. Well, it's interesting. Or you could see it in the opposite. Mm -hmm. You could choose to see it the opposite way. Mm -hmm. It's like everywhere I go, I can make myself at home. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like maybe if you were to dig that plant into the ground outside, you would be committing to staying there. But you could always pick it up and take it with you to the next place. Yeah. I love that. I need to be. What about the in your bedroom if maybe Mm -hmm. someone's not sleeping well Mm -hmm. or they just moved into their apartment or if they're just moving in with their partner? Are there like ways in which you can create a really peaceful, calming place for them to sleep and make love? Mm -hmm. Yes, all of those things. All of those things. I think the, the most important thing and the thing that people, I think, Depending on the kind of relationship you have, meaning like how openly communicative you are, it's like sometimes what happens is one person and it's not always the woman and it's not, you know, that that is like I'm taking control of the designing of this. You know what I mean? It just happens. And the other person doesn't feel represented in this space. And that happens Mm. not just in a bedroom, but it happens in a whole apartment. It happens in a whole house. And a lot of times men will either send me messages or hire me and say, I feel like I don't live here. Mm. I mean, I love my wife, but like there's nothing of mine anywhere. Justin would say that. And it's really hard. And it's funny because it it feels like not an appropriate thing to say. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. hey, there's nothing of mine anywhere. (laughs) So that I've seen it happen the opposite way too, where, you know, a man has decided like this is his aesthetic and the woman is like, I feel like I'm just renting a place in a Mm. prefab, you know, 
And I think when people can get together and merge their styles, yeah. I found that the best the best matched couples, meaning the people who I think have the most harmony in their relationship, the most peace, the most everything, tend to have styles that when they come together, even if they're very different, they look good. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because it's like really like an idiom, like your style and the things that you like and you're drawn to. And so, yeah, I, I really find there's like a lot of harmony when people do it together and to not – even if one person in a relationship says, no, 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 you take care of that. You do all the decorating. You do all of this. It's like I'm happy to actually execute it, but work with me on it so that we both have what we want. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I know you're fine with anything, but – I have a feeling you like blue more than you like hot pink. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So maybe you should talk to me yeah. so that you actually get what you want. Because if I do what I want, this whole place is going to be lavender. And there's going to, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. And like people really need to do that. And that's, that's sometimes very hard and yeah. very strange. And well, because I think a lot of the times the guy's like, I don't care. 100%. Or they, they're like, well, I don't know what my style is. Yeah. Like, I just want my fat head on the ball. Yeah. <laughs> no, I find, like, more and more men are super, like, when I say super into design, and I, I'm like, this is awesome. Like, I love how mm-hmm. many people are like, yes, I want to create my own space. Mm. Like, I don't want to have a bachelor pad. I want to have this awesome home, too. I think it comes with also, like, becoming more successful and them feeling like mm. they can invest in something Mm -hmm. else you know i think when you're not making as much money you're like well why would i put it into my home like i want to put it into x y and z Mm -hmm. my car my whatever whatever so yeah i think it comes with maturity and making a little bit more money and being like okay and also seeing the results Mm -hmm. like when my space feels you know peaceful Mm -hmm. and white and light and whatever whatever i'm like oh Mm -hmm. so i have no problem investing in that next piece of art that's going to bring me joy every Mm -hmm. time i look at it Mm -hmm. you know someone might think think like why would you spend Mm -hmm. a couple hundred bucks it's like well every time i look at it i feel happy Mm -hmm. so (laughs) i don't know you know Mm -hmm. so i think it's seeing the results Mm -hmm. too like helps you to invest more in it it's a really big deal a lot of um a lot of the the traditional the traditional feng shui of setting things up has to do with the things you've probably heard, like two nightstands. Mm-hmm. You have to have two mm-hmm. nightstands. You have to have your bed that faces faces the door, but your feet aren't pointing directly out the door. Like right. all these little yeah, tips yeah. that you can read somewhere. But then there's like this larger issue of what is a sanctuary to you? How do you mm. feel really supported? Not bringing work into your bedroom. Mm-hmm. I'm about that. Oh, which is like the hardest thing for people because it's like, what world do we live in where people, I do, I find myself doing it. I'm like, I have to get up and get out of bed and mm. put this phone away. Yeah. Like it's 1230 at night and I'm sitting there like returning messages and I'm like, mm. oh, it's happening to me. You're like, I'm so the fucking true. expert. Yeah. <laughs> but it happens to, if I know if it's happening to me, it's happening to, a, you know, it's, and I am completely aware of all of the studies about how it completely screws up your sleep, yeah. uh, your sleep, your sex drive, everything, like having all of this around. The best thing you can do is take all the electronics out of your bedroom. But some people love having a TV. I don't argue with them on it. If that's what really makes you happy, fine. Hmm. Just try not to sleep with it on because it's kind of like brainwashing, you know, like having anything on. My sister sleeps with it on. I'm like, yo, you don't know what infomercials are going Mm -hmm. in your brain at night. 
in your subconscious. Also, I think it's just like stimulation, even with your eyes yep. closed. It's like light. Yep. It must keep you – you must not be able to sleep as soundly. Yeah. It's not. I don't know. I don't have TV in my room. Me either. I sleep with my phone outside of my room now too. That's awesome. Yeah. Even if – this is really interesting and I really want to see how much of this is true. But I've read several studies now that – even when I don't know if you have like iPhones, but even when apparently an iPhone is off, it's mm. still getting EMF rays going right. through it, mm. and you actually have to like keep it on airplane mode in order for it to have like really nothing. Hmm. Yeah, I put uh, my phones on airplane mode, mode all the time really? now. And I'm like, I don't know if that's true or not, but any little thing I can do, I'll do it. Yeah. I believe 100%. it. I just had one last question. I loved your article on Mind Body Green about getting good vibes in your house for under ten dollars. Can you tell our listeners about that? Oh my gosh, there are so many ways to do it. But yes, that's awesome. <laughs> I love that you love it. <laughs> Those are one of the things like I I didn't grow up with any I seemed like it was very interesting. I grew up in a house where it's like the biggest house in my neighborhood in New Jersey, but yeah, my whole family was like super poor. It was like this really strange dichotomy. Mm. So I was always from a really young age trying to figure out how to get things done without money. And and it's kind of translated into my work because even when I'm working with people who have many, many, many millions of dollars to spend on things. I'm always thinking about how can we DIY this? And they're like, why do you want to do that? And I'm like, yes, it's so fun. And it's much more personal. And it's also much more creative. So I like doing things like one fun thing. I think I'll make a video of it soon. Making your own wreaths and making your own it's very easy to make your own wreaths like you can go to Mm -hmm. a craft store and get a little ring Mm -hmm. and of like twine and you can go and collect herbs like basil rosemary these are all thought to be protective herbs for the home lavender like there's lavender growing everywhere in la there's even sage growing everywhere in la it grows like weeds Mm -hmm. so you can collect together all this stuff all these cool herbs and some flowers and you can just like literally with twine tie them to a big wreath and Mm -hmm. you can make a protection wreath for your home so it's like bad vibes out good vibes in that's yeah, it. love it. You can then make you set your, it on fire, right? You can. You can. I was going to say you can make your own smudge sticks. You cool. could do the similar thing. You can, which is really fun and easy. You can definitely do a lot of things that are very simple, like painting. Like watercolor is like yeah. my meditation. It's like my new thing. Every once in a while, I'll like throw one of my meditative things. I don't. I'm not a good meditator, like eyes closed, but I'm really good at like zoning out while I'm writing Mm. or painting. And it's not like I'm painting for commercial purposes and painting for myself, but I wind up getting so much joy out of doing this. And I found that if I start putting up my paintings, my space feels better. Even if I just put them up and take them down after a little while, it's putting your energy into the space. Mm. And that costs like nothing. Mm. You can do a whole lot with fabric. You could do tons with tapestries, vintage stuff. Anytime you get vintage stuff, though, try to like do a little sage wand over it or something, clear out whatever energy was in it before. But simple things like you could do amazing things with tapestries. Mm-hmm. My dog made his own tent today. Shut up. What wow. did. I'll show you. It's so crazy. I couldn't even believe it. Yeah. it there's so many ways to did do it. Did he like, bite it and like... Yeah, he did the coolest thing. You can make you can make those really cool teepees you see everywhere oh, yeah. in boho pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like 
a, a few pieces of fabric. Like you can do all those awesome things that you see on mm. Pinterest and Instagram where yeah. you're like, oh, how do they do that? It's like usually just a couple of easy steps, easy, easy steps. Like, yeah, an easy material. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the matter of breaking the mold of, well, I don't do that in my house. Like, yeah. well, I don't, I don't do that. And once you start, best thing you could do for your home is growing plants. There's no question. I've never seen anything better for the energy of a space than any kind of plant. Really? It's so important. It clears the air. It reduces the mm-hmm. EMFs. Plus, you're seeing growth. Yeah, I love all plants. the time. Mm-hmm. And then you can think about ways to grow different kinds of plants. Like, it's very, like, feng shui friendly to grow, like, medicinal plants. Like, weed. Herbs. Weed. Really? Is it yes. feng shui? I mean, a medicinal plant is like a really big deal. I mean, I think there's tons. I I mean, you know, of course, legally. (laughs) Do that one legally. If you do that. We're in California, people. Keep in mind. (laughs) Um, But any medicinal plant, like growing basil, growing sage, growing. You can grow your own sage Mm, wands. I'm actually doing a hydroponic garden now. There are these really cool gardens. They're really popular now. One's called Sprouts IO, and there's mm-hmm. another one called Aero Garden that's more popular. I think mm-hmm. it's at Bed Bath and Beyond. And I saw these in Chicago at the Houseware Show, and I was freaking out. And I was like, "You guys, I have to grow a hydroponic sage wand garden huh. where like all the herbs grow hydroponically inside, and then I could just cut them and make the wands and yeah, dry them, cool, and have them constantly growing." There's so many things that you can do. It's just a matter of like how far you're willing to, yeah, extend Commit yourself to it. and 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 believe that you can, mm-hmm. and that it's not something that only some people are endowed with the abilities to do. Mm, yeah. Everyone's creative. Everyone's artistic. I think every single person in the whole wide world should read The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Mm-hmm. I keep hearing about that book. It's amazing. I actually wrote um, a, one of my DIY feng shui books called Creating Genius. I came up with out of The Artist's Way. It was all cool. about feng shui for creativity and doing these types of projects. Yeah. like. Diving in and getting them done. But the artist way is like my holy grail of getting stuff done. So without – this is my – he made a little – Oh, my God. He didn't just make the tent. He put himself in it. If my little dog can make a tent – Oh my god! <laughs> Look, Look at that he put little nugget. So cool. <laughs> oh my god! Just chilling. It's yeah, like when I, I would create forts it. when I was little. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know how. That's the thing. Like I see what kids do. I see what animals even can do. And you know, we I, like stop playing when we're adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, and really, like I think that would probably be the salvation of a lot of people in different types of distress Mm. is to play more Mm -hmm. and to make more and to realize you can do it for under $10 and -hmm. to realize that you can go and make changes without having to have specialized knowledge that takes a million years. Totally. All of those things. It's, I know sometimes it sounds like I saw myself out of my own job, but I really want people to know that it's within your reach, even if you can't afford to -hmm. do it professionally. Mm Mm-hmm. So how can our listeners connect with you if they want to work with you or follow what you do? They can find me at the Tao of Dana, which is www.fengshuidana.com. It's Mm. F-E-N-G. 
S H U I D A N A dot com or anywhere else at the Dow of Dana, T H E T A O O F D A N A. Cool. I thought it was Tao. It's Dow? It's Dow. Like it's, yeah. I know people say Tao too, and I sometimes do. I never I'm so glad would have called what I do. <laughs> I never the ever. The yeah. can't be talking about the towel and say the towel. It's so funny. I never ever, if I knew that I was going to do this, like it wasn't like I sat down one day and was like, I wonder what a good business name would be. Like this yeah. was the name of my Tumblr. And someone someone suggested it to me and and I was like it's kind of weird putting my name on it but no it's not but like whatever it's just a tumblr blog like no one's gonna read it and then like eight years later I'm like now wow. I'm stuck with it like yeah, yeah you're it. Like, me forever I love that <laughs> it's tattooed on my face it's actually tattooed on me you really yes we'll put a picture of it on the <laughs> yeah <laughs> where is it is it your like logo it's yeah I've, I've had it. it have you ever heard of Simon Sinek yeah yeah of course so, start with why yeah. Oh, love oh, it. Oh, cute. So I guess Simon Sinek has done like these talks all over and he did a talk in Santa Monica at Causecast years ago mm-hmm. and he was it was the best speech I've ever seen live, by the right. way. And it was only like maybe fifty of us and I was like oh, I'm gonna stay up. I do all like night. him a lot. Like, yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. And he asked the audience, How many of you have your logo tattooed on you? And I was like, <laughs> How many of the group did? Shut up. Uh, just me. And, I, up. and he was like, you're the first person I've ever seen raise their hand. And I was like, oh, my God. He's, He's like, like, my Marry example me. isn't good anymore. Put your hand up. <laughs> what was his thing? I what think I was maybe him? the first or the second person wow. who would ever raise their hand. And I was like, he was like, wow, that's like for real commitment. I was like, not all intentional. Don't even know how to explain it. But I dig it. Like, I get it now. Uh-huh. And I guess that's it's really kind of in a way symbolic and not intended. Yeah. Love. I love that. <laughs> Beautiful. We're going to post it on our yeah. Instagram, <laughs> your tattoo. This was crazy. Actually, this is perfect timing because I needed this. I've been thinking a lot about my space and I've been redo- going to redo my space. We have new cleaning people who actually clean. <laughs> and yeah, this is really important. I'm so thankful. Yeah, it was amazing. So Thanks for coming. So great. Everyone's going to get great tips and information that was super easy to digest too. So we're excited. Yeah. And we'll link everything in our show notes for you. Of course. Thank you so much. You're yeah. welcome. We love you. All right guys talk Bye. to you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>